In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin. And this is episode 19, She's the Boss. She's the Boss. Because who's the boss? She's She's the the boss. boss. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This week's theme is all about lady bosses, ladies that are killing it, women that are bossing things around but yeah. in a good way in a good way yes yes female leaders yeah. bosses all of the things doing it doing the thing yeah. yeah and i refuse to call this episode lady boss because i don't like that phrase i don't like it either i don't like girl boss no. i don't like all of those it's no. dimi- it's diminishing yeah i'm not a normal boss i'm a girl boss or right. a lady boss yes no I'm a boss. That's like when they, you know, make razors pink and suddenly it's a lady razor. Yeah. And charge, you know, a dollar more. I'm telling you that does not stop Mike. <laughs> Doesn't help. <laughs> Whatever you think you're doing, Vic, it's not working. So so wait, does that mean Mike is buying the pink razors? No, he f- uses mine all the time. <gasps> Got it. Okay. Yeah, we, in fact, I've stopped buying any other kind oh, okay. because, yeah, he just uses it anyway. See, so. that's the thing. We mm-hmm. don't need no pink to make it a lady thing. No. Yeah. We don't need our tampons and feminine products to be pink. No. That's gross. Yeah, that's off-putting. Anyway. Yeah. So, Aaron, thinking Mm -hmm. about leadership, women, being bosses, Bosses. all of that, Mm -hmm. if you could run a large, well-known company, say a Target, an Apple, uh, Facebook, whatever, Mm -hmm. would you do it? Yeah, I would. What would you do? 100%. Yeah. And it would be Target. And here's why. (laughs) Jeff Bezos, I'm coming for you. Oh, yeah. shit. See, I like a challenge. Yeah. And I don't think that you're going to get Amazon. I don't think he's going to give up control of uh-huh. that. He's, you know, 
for a lot of reasons. But if I could get control of Target mm-hmm. and just make it a personal mission, I probably wouldn't succeed because he's got his fingers in so much stuff. Everybody's behind the eight ball with that guy. But if I could just have that challenge every day, mm-hmm. that would get me out of bed. I'd just be like, today's the day. It would just be <laughs> life goals all the Ooh, time. Two every- follow-up questions. Yeah. One, would you have a picture of Jeff Bezos as like a target on your, say, your mirror? And, you know, you mm-hmm. cross it out with red X and all that kind of stuff. I, I would take it a step further. I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that, like, I don't want it to be a target. I don't want it to seem violent. But I, it would be an obsessive culture in my office. For like, sure. we would be obsessed. Yeah. It would be important that everyone knows exactly what he's up to all the time. Because mm. we need to start thinking oh. one step ahead of him. Yeah. Any little victory that we have that we somehow beat them on some part of market share. Mm-hmm. Huge party every oh, time. Yeah. Big incentives for my employees. So this means you have a surveillance department. Pretty much, yeah. Corporate espionage mm-hmm. team. A little corporate spying, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Can I be part of that team? Yes. I'm all on it. Okay, good. Okay, great. I was hoping. Yeah. I mean, you were going to be part of the executive team. Oh, good. So, okay, yeah. great. Yeah. If you want to yeah, run yeah. that department, that's fine. Okay. Oh, yeah. hell yeah, I will. <laughs> I'm reading a book right now about the German, uh, East German secret police. Oh. I've got tons of ideas. Okay, perfect. Yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> This is exactly what I'm talking about. I'm coming for you, and this is how it's going to go. Because I think if there's one company that is sort of getting close, it's them. Yeah. To the Amazon. I mean, they're sure. they're doing a lot of unique things. They're trying they all the time. And I like a lot of their products. So mm-hmm. that's so what I'm do at. It. I'm going to do it. Are you going to have a nickname? Like, you know, the, the executioner or the uh, something like that? Yeah. Would like, you have a wardrobe? Like a Steve Jobs type oh, uniform like just wardrobe? One, no, I want to I want to be real random. You, like I yeah, don't want you to know what I'm gonna have. Sure. Like what's coming. I want no there one to can be predict a sense you. of surprise. Yes. Like we know she's gonna be in a black turtleneck and black pants. No, you have mm-hmm. no idea what Today I'm gonna Today she's wear. coming out in a tutu. Yeah. You mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I want my name to be something real weird. Like yeah. I don't want it to be dark like the executioner. I want it to be like, you know, like an athlete's foot. You can't get away. <laughs> Can't get rid of me that easy. You might do a lot of treatments, but I'm going to creep back up before you know it. You think it's safe. It's not safe. Yeah. So you're named after a fungus. Yeah. That keeps repeating. Just keeps growing. Like ringworm. Yeah. I love it. Just keeps coming back. Oh, my God. Good luck to you. I can't wait until this happens. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I was born for this. Oh, oh boy! Do yeah. so because you're going to be part of my executive team. Yeah, this feels like a good question to ask you. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the hardest thing for females in leadership positions? I think just being a female. I'll right. tell you that right now. Yeah. I think part of it is there's a uh, idea of what females are. Females are, you know, they're emotional. Mm-hmm. They can't handle things. Mm-hmm. They, um, you know, they're not reliable. They Mm -hmm. get pregnant, so they just have to, you know, leave. All of these things that, you know, somehow Mm -hmm. we have been branded as a a kind of person that can't, you know, put work as a priority. Right. We can't, you know, work as hard as other guys. We can't do this kind of stuff, which is BS because we've known this for a long time. So we have to work just as hard, if not more, Mm -hmm. than the men in the room to get anywhere. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So our team is going to be all female. Mm -hmm. How does that sound? That's great. That's also, perfect. the corporate espionage team, all female. That's fine. That's okay. great. That's great. great. There is a part of me that is, has toyed with the idea of perhaps creating some sort of male robot that oh. people think that's who I am. Oh. And then at some point, there's a big reveal. Like, after a particularly stunning defeat of him, yeah. that, then it comes out that this whole time it was me running the robot. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
I really so like I've this. I've kicked that around. So are you in the robot suit or is this a robot that you've sent out into the world with like Either remote way, control? I feel like I probably have to be in it because I think there might be things that come up that I might need to deal with right yeah. at that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you can if you can fully get me in a robot, like in a inside the head of a robot to right. respond appropriately. Yeah. But yeah. Appropriately is an interesting <laughs> way to describe myself. I don't think appropriate is going to come into <laughs> Into this practice no, at all. No, 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 yeah. no, no. But you know what I'm saying. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? You're right. I'm going to make some decisions with emotion and logic. And you that bet. makes them better. Makes them stronger. Yeah. You actually have sympathy and empathy for other people. Yeah. You understand how people think. Yeah. You've got emotional intelligence. Exactly. Prime example, Beyonce, Lemonade. You don't think that was an emotional song? Exactly. It was. But damn, logical decision, <laughs> money in the bank. That album did well. You're damn right. That video did well. Mm-hmm. And people got pissed at Jay-Z. So another. Yeah. You turn the tide on Jay-Z. Yeah. Jay-Z. Yeah. So That's the power. That's power Females. right there. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Ugh. All right. Mm-hmm. So thinking about, you know, women leaders out in the world, like yes. good old Beyonce. Mm-hmm. What fictional boss or leader who is a woman, who's your favorite? <sighs> Well, it's Tina Fey in 30 Rock, <laughs> Liz Lemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved everything about that show. Oh, for sure. And I loved her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that my leadership style would necessarily be patterned after her, mm-hmm. but I mean, just... It's perfect. Every bit of it was glorious. So yeah, yeah, that's why. You know what I like about her? Hmm. She puts food as a priority. She will eat that sandwich. That's important. Yeah. Yes. Self-care is important. <laughs> Even when you're a boss. Yeah. Even more when you're Even a boss. Even more when you're a boss. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what about you? What fictional lady boss or leader is your favorite? Well, if we're talking about real world or real-ish world, mm-hmm. I'm thinking Renata Klein on Big Little Lies. Oh. She played by Laura Dern. Uh-huh. She is a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, a little scary. Some of the best bosses are. Yes. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really liking her style. Okay. But over in the uh, fantasy world, okay. I'm thinking Sansa Stark. Who I will not say what happened at the end of Game of Thrones, but she did well for okay. herself. Okay, I figured that yeah. was a game. Yeah, Game yes. of Thrones. Sorry, reference. yes, Sansa Stark, <laughs> redheaded uh, oh, woman. Okay, ruling the world. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. see, mm-hmm. strong. We see? can have posters of them around. Oh my god, yes, we will. Inspirational. Yeah, you know, like those read posters you used to see in the library with like celebrities. Yes. You know. Like, I was supposed to believe that Shaquille O'Neal was, like, reading that book. Like, mm-hmm. Gulliver's Travels, read Shaquille mm-hmm. O'Neal now. But this, you could believe. <laughs> you know who's in one of those posters? Who? David Bowie. Uh-huh. Really? For sure. Do you think we could get that poster? <laughs> I will pay a lot of money to get that poster. I've seen that at the Des Moines Library before. Yeah. And Is I was it like, hard to break into the Des Moines Library? Uh, probably not. Okay. I mean. Should we be put? We should talk about this off air. We should probably talk about this off air. <laughs> I forgot we were on the microphone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. No, no, no. That's not something. That's yep, probably, yep, yep. That's, oh, that's an artifact never mind, they want to keep. Never we would mind. Never. Nope, no. Nope. I'm sure it's for sale somewhere. We'll find it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So thinking about yes. female leaders, mm-hmm. women in control. Love it. I have a fiction pick. Okay. From 1993 Ooh. by Octavia Butler, <gasps> Parable of the Sower. Have you read mm-hmm. this, Aaron? Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of Octavia Butler I as am. well? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so this, like I said, written in the 90s. And from that vantage point, the book is set in around the 2020s. 
And what's fascinating, you know, I realized this week as I was researching and reminding myself of this book, she predicted a lot. One is that um, climate change is wreaking havoc in this world. Um, one is the disparity between rich and poor has grown, grown so wild that there are uh, gated neighborhoods on the outside of which are homeless pyromaniacs trying to get in. Um, racism, you know, still around, alive and well. And a couple presidential candidates emerge promising to make America great again. Like, that's legit what they say in really? this book. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I completely that. forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. How crazy is that? <laughs> so that's this is, scary. yeah, this is the world she predicted. Octavia Butler was obviously a seer of some sort. Clearly. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the book, Lauren is growing up in sort of the remnants of a gated community. Okay. And she has this ability, hyper empathy, where she can feel the pain of everyone around her. Mm. In a world in which there's a lot of pain, this is kind of uh, painful to her that to be, be able awful. to do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. She starts developing this new belief system uh, based on knowledge of plants and what it takes to survive in this new world, what she calls Earth Seed. She thinks it's human's destiny to travel beyond Earth to live on other planets, and Earthseed is a sort of preparation for this. Uh, a little bit into the book, the community she's living in is compromised. Um, the home is lost. Family is gone. So she travels north with other survivors, and outside the gates on the old highways, uh, it's kind of chaos. I don't know about you, but that image of these highways where everyone is walking has just uh, haunted me for yeah. a long time. Yeah. She starts gathering friends and followers who think she's onto something with Earthseed, and they build a community in Northern California where she is the leader. Lots more happens. There's this book, and there's the next book, Parable of the Talents, uh, in this same story. Why I chose it for this theme is it's looking at a woman leader, made so by her beliefs, by her support of others. But one thing I really liked about it is it's almost like a critique of that idea that women leaders are too emotional, that mm -hmm. they can't handle this kind of stuff. Because she has this actual ability to feel and to um, empathize with others, and it's no joke, but it actually enables her to be a better leader, like we were just saying. Yeah. I also chose this because Octavia Butler herself was kind of a leader. Um, she wrote sci-fi as a black woman with African-American characters in a time, um, especially when sci-fi was dominated by lots of white men. Um, she wrote sci-fi that's often cited as a driving force behind Afrofuturism. So she's a terrific writer. She has a number of series and other books. This book in particular is very gripping, very heartbreaking, very real. Um, but just one more note on why she's a boss. I saw her speak a year or two. She died suddenly, I think, in 2005 or 2006 of a stroke. Okay. Um, I saw her a year or two before that speak. Oh. She was so just badass, but also practical as hell. She talked about just how hard writing is, the hard work you have to put into it, the, the belief in yourself you have to put forth. She would repeat a mantra to herself that I'm going to be a best-selling author. I'm mm -hmm. going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then she worked her ass off to get there, to get to the point that she was, which is leadership yeah, in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Leading by example, leading herself on the path that she wants to lead. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Anything That's you want to add cool. on that book since you no, read it too? No, I, I did, but I've read it so long ago I forgot yes. a lot of that. Yeah. Like when you were taught, I was like, geez, that's – yeah. I had completely forgot about the parallels to yeah. Trump's campaign. Yeah. yeah it I was did, really that kind of blew my mind freaky. now that you say that. I, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, that didn't even occur to me. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. She's probably – I mean, 
that's terrible to say, but for her, that would be so scary if she was alive. Probably. Oh my God. She'd be like, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say that, you know, maybe he stole that, but I'm going to hazard a guess that he's not a big reader. Yeah. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. I do think that's fair. Yeah. Or particularly of, you know, women books. Yeah. You know, yeah, probably he's, not. he's not a fan of women. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Fan of fiction. But <laughs> not so if much lying fan. is considered fiction, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we move on to your picks? Yes. Okay. So my pick this week um is called The Mothers by Britt Bennett. Mm. So I picked this book. It's a little bit different in terms of a female boss leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I picked it is because the title, The Mothers, refers to this group of women that run this church in this book. They're kind of the elders of the community. They're referred to as the mothers, um, and they make a lot of the decisions for the church. So that's one reason, because that's kind of this character who's not quite a character throughout mm-hmm. the whole book. That's, sure. that's kind of this omnipresent driving decisions, but isn't necessarily right on the front line saying this is what you have to do, which is actually true of a lot of leadership. It's Mm -hmm. kind of a, you know, unspoken thing. So this book was published in October of 2016. It's set in a contemporary black community in Southern California. So the whole book starts with the secret that you find out right from the beginning. And then that secret is kind of carried through the whole book. And it's not so much focused on the actual secret as much as it is how relationships are formed around that, how relationships fall apart because of that, um, the life values people hold true, the things that prove that some people are not what they say because of that. So it has uh, Nadia Turner and Aubrey are these two teenagers that the book starts with complete opposites. Like Aubrey's full into the church. She's very involved in the church. Um, Nadia is involved in the church in as much as her dad is very involved in it. Her mother has committed suicide um, the year before. And so she's really struggling with that and struggling with the place of faith and church and those types of things in her life. So they actually become great friends. And so the rest of the book is kind of how their friendship works around this secret. There's another character, Luke, who plays a very central role in their relationship, but also because his dad is the pastor of the church and his mom is kind of like the first lady then of the church. And she is actually the real leader and the one making the decisions, you know, good or bad. So I picked it because of referring to the actual mothers of the church, referring to Luke's mother, who's kind of the person that's really the leader. Um, But I also picked it because I think some of the central themes in here are central to lady bosses and female bosses. The pull between making a decision between having a family and having a career, making the decision to go to college and put something else on hold, Um, feeling unfulfilled because you pick one and then you don't feel good about the other, you know, kind of that pull that all females feel in general, but I think especially people that succeed in a career get Mm -hmm. a lot of extra pressure about. So I liked that for all those reasons, but I also think it's just a very interesting take on female leadership. It's an interesting take on the role that moms play as a leader in their children's lives. Um, So I think you could take the, you know, she's the boss theme in a bunch of different ways in this mm-hmm. book. But ultimately, it's a fantastic read. It, it's you really feel propelled forward because of the secret and you're trying to figure out everything. But it stays with you because of the relationships. And there's so many things to relate to and 
so many feelings you have when you finish it. So I loved it. I think it was her debut novel this oh, wow. in it. Yeah. yeah. And she's amazing. I hope that she's getting ready to publish something soon because it was 2016. Mm-hmm. So, so it's know. time. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. yeah. But, hey, you know, 2019. I mean, Target would take the exclusive on that if I'm running it. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> How are you going to stage this takeover, by the way, of Target? It's multi-level. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Great, like, great. There's a lot. You don't want to reveal the plan. No. I mean, yeah. Not on air. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's detailed. I'll send you a PowerPoint. Oh, tonight. great. <laughs> I should get started on my corporate espionage. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, really yeah, need yeah. to yeah, that's get on that. Meeting Monday morning. Oh, so. oh great. Okay. Yeah. yeah great. <laughs> You know, you brought up a point about in this book about women um, leaders, but also just women in general having to make those choices between, uh, you know, what we're supposed to be doing as women Mm -hmm. versus, you know, what you might want for a career. I think that's another way that women leaders have to differentiate themselves. They have to either figure out a way to do both, which is kind of impossible in so many ways, Mm -hmm. or they have to uh, take a seat back while the men, you know, who don't have to make these decisions somehow – get to move beyond them, which is very frustrating. And I think also they're in a position to always defend the decision. You know, I I do think regardless of how you feel, a male in a leadership position never has to, if he doesn't have children or isn't married, that's never a decision that he has to defend. Absolutely right. There might be assumptions that are made about that, about him. I'm not saying that necessarily. I'm just saying that he's never put in this position where Mm -hmm. constantly, oh, oh, you don't want, you don't want kids. Oh, you didn't get married. Yes. And it's sort of like this, you know, um, accusation that somehow you've missed something or somehow you put too much importance on your career and now Mm -hmm. you're missing this. And instead of just saying, oh, that's a personal choice, which is what males get as a pass, but females don't. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's central to a lot of the picks and the things when I was trying to come up with what one I wanted to narrow down, this one wasn't as straightforward as a workplace with a female boss, but I just felt like this has females all over in yes. different leadership positions and yeah. all at the point where they're struggling with the central thing mm-hmm. that comes with being a female boss, yeah. which is frankly being female. Yes. So, <laughs> and having to defend yourself no matter which uh, avenue you take. Yes. You're never yeah. going to win. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, that actually kind of relates to my other genre pick. Um, It is called All the Single Ladies, Unmarried Women and the Rise of an Independent Nation by Rebecca Traster from 2014. Oh, she's on Good and Yes, Good and Mad. Yes, this was, uh, I don't know if this was her first book, but it was the first one that put me on her, put her on my radar. Okay. You knew what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, You were on her radar. As I was trying to Mutual radar. Every radar going off. It's fine. I liked it. So she starts with a fact. In 2009, the proportion of American women who were married dropped below 50%. Really? In other words, for the first time in American history, single women, and she's defining single women as those who have never been married, those who are widowed, divorced, separated. So women who are single at this moment in time Mm -hmm. outnumbered married women. Okay. Um, She says, even more strikingly, the number of adults that are younger than 34 who have never married was up to 46%, which is a huge jump from just a decade prior. Sure. Um, She says, again, just another fact, which is really interesting, only about 20% of Americans who are aged 18 to 29 are married. Whereas in 1960, it was like 60% of this age group. So this is some very dramatic change over a number of... Uh, just very short generations this right. is happening. Um, 
So increasingly, this book says that women who are single, uh, whether by choice, whether by circumstance, they are not alone. And in fact, they are part of this rising demographic that has a lot more power than people might think. Um, she says, in fact, that single women are and have been throughout history a hugely important force in politics, in culture, throughout really um, society. And they're leading the way for massive changes, not just in politics, but also in marriage, how it's defined on an individual and a societal basis. Um, she's saying that women increasingly, because of education, because of a number of things, realize they female life does not have to mean marriage and kids, or it can mean a definition of marriage and kids that maybe they weren't taught themselves, something sure. different than what they thought it meant. Um, I, I think I've said on the podcast before, I'm not married. I don't have kids. It's not something I've ever wanted. So it was interesting to read that I'm definitely not alone in this aspect yeah. and how just it mu it's changed so much, even in my lifetime. Um, you wouldn't believe how much random flack I've gotten over the last, you know, 20 years or so since I was of childbearing and marrying age, but it's decreased over time, which is really, really fascinating. Hmm. I chose this book for a few reasons. Uh, one is that the author, Rebecca Traster, she talks about today, but she also looks at the past, how in key social movements such as abolition, suffrage movement, labor rights, civil rights, gay rights, single women or late marrying women have mm -hmm. played leadership roles in these huge, huge mo uh, movements. Yeah. What's great, too, is she's bringing all of these uh, – sociological things into a story that's very personal and narrative. It's not a dry fact ridden sort of story. Mm -hmm. It's much more where she's weaving personal memories and experiences along with history stats. Um, it's a really unique look at women now and in the past uh, and, and reads very, very easily. Yeah. Another reason I chose it is because in no way is this book anti-marriage. In fact, she's saying that this is really a celebration of the rise of single women and what that's done for all women sure. and what it's done for marriage in general. In fact, there's this tremendous quote I have to read to you. Uh, she says that once upon a time, a potential mate could more easily get away with offering only a paycheck, a penis, and a pulse. But now, by demanding more from men and from marriage – Single women have perhaps played as large a part as anyone in saving marriage in America. Boom. So true, yeah. single women sort of leading the way and, mm -hmm. and, and single again being defined as single in a certain point of life, um, leading the way for some massive cultural changes, but also Rebecca Trace to herself leading the way in this new sort of field. Amazing. Love it. Didn't know she. Yeah, that's so cool. I, I have it in my bookshelf. I can lend it to you. Oh, right? amazing. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I had no idea that she had another book. You know, isn't that crazy? Yes. Even as yes. much as we immerse ourselves in books and we do a lot of research for the show, I'm constantly surprised. Like, I'll find a book by someone that I loved and I'm like, oh, they wrote. I almost mm -hmm. feel like I'm bad. Like, I was a traitor. Like, how did I not know you had another book? I'm so sorry. I'll read it right now. I ordered it. It's coming tomorrow. Okay. I'm so sorry. Don't worry. I love you. I yeah, do. I yeah. do. I'm sorry. I didn't know about your backlist. I'm on it now. <laughs> We should write personal letters of apology to oh. all of these authors that we've learned that they have other books that we haven't read. That would read. make a great book. Oh. Oh, my goodness. It would make a great book. Listeners, just forget that. We, we're going to – Yeah. Just, we're, I'm just going to cut idea. this part out. Yeah. Trademark. Trademark. Because <laughs> <laughs> we established in another episode just saying trademark. 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 So, yep. Just Copyright. like yeah. seatbacks. I said it. So it's mine. <laughs>
<laughs> Dibs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Erin, for another genre well, book? This one that I picked is called Mistakes I Made at Work. Oh. 25 Influential Women Reflect on What They Got by Getting It Wrong. <laughs> um, and it's edited by Jessica Bacall. Um, so she's not the author. I mean, she is, but she's the one that edited it. Um, essentially, though, she went out and found 25 women in various positions, scientists, professors, celebrities, authors, all kinds of different fields, doctors, and asked them what was one of their biggest mistakes at work. And they wrote essays explaining what it was, why they feel it's a mistake, and what they learned from it. And then at the end of each section, each woman gives a set of tips, like three or four tips that she thinks are the most important for women with work. Now, you'll really like this Ooh, because great. Broads and Books favorites Kim Gordon <gasps> and Lisa Lutz are both interviewed and included. Really? Yeah. For what their mistakes are and what how they learned from them. I like so, it. I like and then it, it has lot. lots, like I said, lots of other CEOs, um, the woman that founded Jezebel.com, yeah. just all over the board. So she got the idea for creating this book after she attended a conference, a professional conference celebrating women in, you know, professional women, which she said, great, except that what was always missing from the narrative was there was kind of this em- image of perfectionism and there was never any discussion about what mistakes they made along oh. the way. Like, where did I get tripped up? I just, it was always just, I got here and maybe there might be a mention like it was hard, but there was never any discussion. And she kind of took this view, which is true that it really to be an effective leader or to understand how to lead other people, you have to have moments of vulnerability Absolutely. and be willing to share that. Yeah. And so that's where she really got this idea is that we could learn a lot from mistakes. In fact, I think when we're our most reflective, most of us could admit we learn the most from our mistakes. Even if we feel shame or we wish that we could change them for whatever reason, in reality, they've probably shaped a lot of who we are. And so she took that idea into the workplace and said we could really help other females by saying, look, I played this out and this is what Mm -hmm. happened and this is why I wish that it hadn't. So she was really trying to create that bridge um, between – examining mistakes and then what's on the other side, which is a better leader and a more self-reflective person, you know, all those things that are needed in those types of roles. So, I mean, you have things from like doctors who are struggling with how to make life and death decisions to people that were crippled by insecurity when they first got in their job and made decisions out of defensiveness Mm -hmm. instead of a position of knowledge and saying, no, no, I do know what I'm talking about and this is why. And so wide range of mistakes, wide range of information, um, but all of it, again, centraled on this idea that they all made a mistake. So, um, like I said, it includes the tips at the end. So I included one of Kim Gordon's tips, which speaks to a lot of what we've talked about today. Mm -hmm. The idea of work-life balance is not necessarily helpful. If you're immersed in your work and raising a family, you might feel a lot of good things, but it might not include balanced, which yeah, is so true. It like is this so idea. True. I mean, we've talked about it in this episode. This work-life balance. Yeah, and this mythical that, like yes, work-life balance. If you're yeah. far in your career, how could you be raising your family correctly? Yeah. If you raise your family, how could you have a career? It, we're so pulled to have this balance. You know, work-life. It's like this mystical term that gets thrown around. And is that really possible? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's not possible. Maybe instead of calling it a work-life balance, we just say this is how my life works. Mm-hmm. It's not about whether or not it feels balanced because at no point and as a parent and as you know someone who runs a couple companies i feel like there is no moment that i feel balanced 
when I'm doing well, you're just living, yeah. Com- yes, you're just yeah. living on the company side. You feel like you're doing great, but you know what? You know, in the back of your head, yeah, I worked until ten last night, and what I sacrificed was time with the kids. Yep. So that doesn't feel balanced. Or you go on vacation with the kids, mm-hmm. and you're spending twenty four hours a day, and you say, "Oh my gosh, it's so hard to come back because yes. we, all this stuff happened." You never feel balanced, no. and so if you let go of that as a thing that you have to have. You're just living your life and every day is going to be unbalanced, which is a hell of a lot more truthful than saying that you're ever going to achieve a balance. And it's so much more, uh, something that you can achieve because first off work-life balance is never defined. We don't know what that's supposed to mean. We don't know what it's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And if we do, it's some sort of Instagram picture of what that looks like, which is not real. Right. So when you're, especially like a young woman, maybe in college and you're looking at like female leaders and supposed to find this balance, but don't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. This seems, this should be required reading. Yeah. Especially in like MBA programs or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was thinking the whole time that there was a lot of situations, you know, like we've done a gift giving episode, but mm-hmm. I mean, for girls graduating high school, yeah. college, getting new jobs, you know, someone that gets promoted, someone that's a, a stay at home mom across the board, yeah. just understanding that there's going to be that feeling no matter where you are of, man, I messed up, but that's probably okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you're probably getting a lot further than the person who can't admit that they ever messed up. Yeah. So I, I loved it for all those reasons. I think it's a, there's a lot of great messages in there. Um, And I really liked that section about the work-life balance. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, I I think that maybe when you're, uh, especially in your 20s, you're just starting out and you're experiencing failure, you feel like you've just ruined everything. You've ruined your life. But you get a little older, you go through a number of failures and you realize, oh, that's just, that's just normal. That's what happens. not so bad. This one. Exactly. This one right now. That was bad. real bad. (laughs) That first one, I'd do 10 of those again. (laughs) Like admitting on air, we're going to rob the Des Moines Public Library. Might have been a mistake. Might have been a failure. Do you think? No. no. Aaron's no. making a stand by no, that. Aaron's, no, okay. no. Aaron's fully in. I, yeah. Any crime sort of syndicate that I'm creating, mm-hmm. I stand by. You stand by. Yeah. yeah. But that's true. It's part of my life goal. Yeah. Crime sure. syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to think of a really good name for your crime syndicate oh, because man, I need to work on that. Yeah. I mean, we need to come up with some branding. We need to do, do. lots of things. Yeah. Well, some underground branding sure, you don't sure, want sure, a crime syndicate I mean, that's dark way out there branding. yeah yeah i want the i want my crime syndicate to kind of be like a rumor oh yeah, yeah and then when Word you find mouth, out that yeah. there actually is one is because you're in trouble and you there's you're not gonna be able to tell anyone that you were right it actually exists there's no yelp reviews on this one no Mm-mm. you're just like oh yeah oh oh this was real okay <laughs> yeah huh misread that mm-hmm. that's how i want it to be Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. These are good leadership decisions we're making. Yeah. Yeah. Stand by it. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, it takes a strong female to be the head of a crime syndicate. It sure does. Or head of Target taking out Jeff Bezos. Both. And I won't say that I'll use one without the other. Mm-mm. <laughs> if I was expecting both were like, you know, night and day kind yeah. of thing. Like, yeah. 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 It's like a Clark Kent Superman thing. Yeah. I'm not a journalist. I'm running a CEO thing. Yeah. yeah. You're a CEO, and at mm-hmm. night, you're the leader of a crime syndicate. Yes. And yes. I am your um, backup. I'm yeah. your consigliere. Yeah, exactly. I'm your espionage leader. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. I kind of like you in, in the advisory role. I don't want you to feel like you have to do all the dirty work. Yeah, I get it. Okay. okay. Oh, I don't no, I'm going to delegate feel- the dirty work. Okay. Like, I'm going to, you know, come up with some real dirty ideas. Okay. And by dirty, I mean, you know, criminal. Right. And, you know, yeah. all of that. And then I will delegate. Perfect. Yeah. I'm going to have a crew of minions. I want you to have a work-life balance. (laughs) (laughs) We 
really need a work-life balance if we're going to do, do both of these things. Yeah. yeah. If I'm going to run a crime syndicate and run Target, yeah. I need a work-life balance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know oh, what's going to so help when you have do. work-life balance is what? to watch something that yes. really like helps you unwind, but also makes you feel good about just the world. What would you recommend, Amy? Well, along the theme of you know women leaders, yes. women doing the thing. Yes, um, I chose a show called Pose on hmm. FX. I heard of it. am a little late to this. This came out starting last year. Okay. Second season just started this summer. I found it on Netflix. It's streaming. So Ooh, there you go. Bonus. So let me tell you a little about the story and then I'll tell you why I think it's perfect okay. for this theme. So think of this. You're a teenager or mm-hmm. you're a young adult in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. You were assigned boy when you're born. But as you get older, you know you're really a girl. Okay. You try to hide it, but you're also sort of trying to explore it, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe you're dressing in girls' clothes. Maybe you're doing something else that somehow tips off your parents. Okay. And your parents do not accept this. Um, they, like many at this time and even now, you know, think this is abhorrent. They disown you. They kick you out. So you make your way to New York City because you think there might be more people like you there. Sure. And you want to you wanna try it. Um, but you're sleeping on the street. You're maybe engaging in sex work because it's all you can get. Then you find a woman like you who takes you in, a mother, a mother who chooses you, who loves you as you are, and she heads a house of kids and adults like you. And as a house, you perform in balls. You compete in dance, in modeling, in all sorts of things. That's the story of the characters on Pose. And this is based on a true story um, from the 1980s where there was a ballroom scene in New York City made up of gay and trans people of color. And the balls were competitions where people could compete in categories like executive realness, butch queen. So by balls, you mean like like a contest, not that yes. not there are not physical balls. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds so dumb, Sorry, but that's no, what I no, thought. You're right. Okay, you're right. Okay. Yes. No, this is almost like pageants or okay, something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Because at first Good I got call. confused. I was like, they're in balls, yeah. they're competing. Okay, now it makes no, more sense. Sorry. No, Sorry. no that's all right. No, they're okay. like walking the runway okay. kind of thing in this gotcha. ball that they're calling it a ball. ball. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. And so they've got these categories. Um, one of them is dynasty because you know 1980s. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, an amazing documentary that actually shows this whole real world, really? and it's called Paris is Burning. Also. On Netflix. I've heard you talk about this. Yes. It shows the ball world. It shows many of the real people. And so that's what this show is kind of based on. Um, For trans people, especially, this was a way, this uh, this ballroom scene was a way to excel at doing something maybe they couldn't in the mainstream world to pass, to pass as a woman, Mm. to pass as black or Latina. So in the show, we meet a trans woman who decides to form her own house, to become a mother, and to take in some young gay men and trans women. And they compete in some of the most glorious things you have seen on television. I I watch these and just my smile is just all over the place. It's amazing. But at the same time, they're dealing with, you know, the realities of 1980s. AIDS is killing people, uh, especially in this community. Sex work is often a necessity. And all of them are balancing on this knife's edge of being able to survive. Mm Mm-hmm. I chose this because we're talking about women who lead mm-hmm. and the show Mothers, which is interesting that you chose a book called Mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, they are leaders in this community. They give so many young people life, literally. They're taking them off the streets. They're protecting them and they're showing a way of living with pride, um, without shame. And that's truly leading, in my opinion. Also, this show is the first sort of mainstream show based fully around trans women of color and featuring actresses that are trans women. And 
telling their stories, filling the screen with this amazing representation. It feels so remarkable in so many ways. So I think that not only will future generations be able to see themselves on the screen in ways they haven't been able to before, but also this could go a long ways to helping everyone understand that, you know, trans people are people and they are beautiful and they are amazing. And in many ways, they can form a family that's way better than the actual family that you're born in. Sure. Um, so I think this show is leading the way. I think trans women of color are leading the way in this show and in life, just as they did. You know, we're recording this at the end of Pride Month. Um, trans women started the damn Stonewall riot, which this is 50 years ago this year. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're all reaping the benefits today. So it's a truly joyful, but also heartrending experience watching this show. And wow. I can't recommend it. Enough. I've never heard of it. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Check it out on Netflix. I today. would have to. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's great. Mm. Well, yours is like very important and mine's kind of just fun. So. We need that too for a work-life balance, Aaron. Okay, true. All right, all right. And by the way, this is fun too. You well, watch yeah, these yeah, balls, it seems fun, but you And know. there are women you know, bitching at each other, like, you know, oh, reading each other. There's yeah. Vogue competitions oh, all on it. It's beautiful. It. Okay, yeah. great. Um, my pop culture pick this week is called Younger, Ooh. and it is um, a show. It's on TV Land now. It started in 2015. Season six just premiered. Um, it stars Sutton Foster and, uh, as Liza Miller, who is a recently divorced mother. Um, she's in her 40s. She went through college. She wanted to be an editor, a, a, um, you know, in a big publishing company. Um, she gave up her career to stay home, and now that out of necessity she needs to return to the workforce, she her resume looks terrible because she's going up against these young millennials who are hip on social media and how to use all these new things that have come out. And so interview after interview is just going terrible when they find out her age. And so she decides with the help of her friend, Maggie, who's played by uh, Debbie Mazar to just lie about your age, get the job. What's it going to matter? You're going to be great at your job. You're a good person. It'll be fine. And you know, they shouldn't be asking or figuring that out anyway. So she goes into an interview with um, Diana Trout, who is supposed to be one of the big editors, big publishing company, um, and she lies and she gets the job. So the whole premise of the show is her working through this. Um, Hillary Duff plays one of the strong female editors on the show. Um, as I mentioned, I can't think of the off. Uh, Oh, Miriam Shore plays Diana Trout. Right. So what I love about this is eventually, you know, it comes out, their age, you know, they work through all that. But what I love is watching her make her way as a female leader, but also the show is centered, you know, you've got this very strong Diana Trout character who's an editor. You've got Hilary Duff who's an editor. These are very strong examples of female leadership. And it's touted as a comedy drama. They're half hour episodes. And it really kind of is like, there's a lot of really funny moments in it, but there's also a lot of moments that really make you think or really yeah. have you stop and go, you know, that's true. Like in our world, the work-life balance, yep. having a child. Can you work as hard? You know, you've got Diana Trout who um, has no children and expects these crazy hours. But yeah. then underneath it all, her own regrets and her own, you know, humanity comes out in a lot of ways. So, and you find there's a lot to deal with her story that has to do with, I'm this way because that's how I got this far in mm -hmm. this industry. So if you're at all interested in the publishing industry, it's fantastic. This is the one you were telling me about, right? Yeah, with all the, yeah. They do all these cameos yeah. of, um, and they give them different names, but there's, and if you're interested in it, it's all over Twitter. It's all over Reddit. You can find out who, what author that's actually supposed <laughs> to be. So like the, there's underground stories about these authors of maybe things 
they did to their publisher or whatever, and that's played out on the show. Um, so there's kind of this gossipy element too that's kind of fun, but it's great. Um, across the board, Mike watches it with me. I mean, he likes it. So <laughs> you get there's a lot in it a comedy, drama, you know, a lot of lighthearted things, but also a lot of things that make you think. And you just really like, I also really like um, her best friend, Maggie, that character. She's mm-hmm. an independent artist who owns her own studio. So another great example yeah. of she's done her own thing. She goes her own way. Um, it, there's just a lot of that throughout it. And I think it's a great example of female leadership, lady bosses, and it's just fun. Yeah. So I've heard great things about it. And yeah. I, I know you and I have talked about, you, you mentioned yes. some of the great mysteries or, or not necessarily mysteries, yeah. but like, the the you know potential rumors yes. that they're discussing yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Great. they are and it's funny when I because I had to look up a few of them on Twitter and Reddit because maybe I could recognize what author they were trying to go through from what they said maybe about the book but I didn't know the story and then it was kind of fascinating to read things about books I'd read and be like oh my gosh I didn't know you know wow yeah all that hidden how old does she say she is when she goes into this interview young like. 20s i think yeah yeah that's pretty ballsy uh-huh. i like it yeah yeah and there's kind of some that's what outs her at the first because there's a i mean obviously so much has changed so there's things she doesn't understand about like they ask her to do something i think right away on twitter and she doesn't put the hashtag in it and like so nothing to, and they're like what did you do why didn't you and she has to act like it was just a typo i mean there's so many things that she has oh, no clue wow. you know how the world works or what that is and yeah and then they're on the flip side, she's outing herself to Diana Trout a lot because she sympathizes with her like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I'm she, at one point she gets like <laughs> she has this shoulder injury and they're like, well, it, um, her boss is kind of like, yeah, I got that. And he said it was due like at a certain age. Da, 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 and she's like, oh, uh, yeah, it's great. So, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's putting a lot of pressure on yourself saying that you're, you know, in your 20s yeah, when you're yeah. actually and our age. And if you're yeah. the type of person that gets annoyed, like that premise obviously can't last forever. It doesn't. Yeah. The show moves on to other things. It's fantastic. Obviously, it's in a six, in season six. They move on to a lot of other things, but uh-huh. it's really good. Excellent. Yeah. 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 I know I've needed to put that on my list. I just have not yet. Yes. I will do it now. Yeah, you I should. swear to you and our listeners you and should. to the world. And I can't. Peter Herman. Yes, that's his name. I think plays the one of the bosses of the publishing company. He's married to Mariska Hargitay in real oh. life. Dreamy. Oh, dreamy. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm all in on that. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's kind of this brooding like reader type. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's pretty great. Hmm. So, yep. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Man, we had a lot of women leaders killing leading it. the way, killing, killing it. it. And came up with some ideas of her own. Yeah. As, as always. Yeah. 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 So we will be back next Wednesday. But in the meantime, head to our website, broadsandbooks.com. Check out all the recommendations we made in this episode. Also, hmm. if you haven't found it yet, there's some bonus material on that website. I'm so proud of our bonus material. I am too. Yeah. The most recent is mm-hmm. a delightful list of road trip rules. Yeah. With a playlist. Yeah. So that's like a bonus. Exactly. In a bonus. Bonus, bonus. <laughs> bonus That's times the way we two. Roll. Bonus squared. Bonus squared. Whatever you want to call it. Yep. Double bonus. Yeah. Double mint. You're fun. <laughs> bonus. <laughs> I think that whole, you know, 10 seconds, whatever just happened right there, that's enough to earn a review. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, you know, if you're listening to us and you're thinking, God, Aaron is hilarious, you should put that in a review. Yeah. Do it on your favorite podcast player. Give us a rating. Give us a review. And like we've said before, when we see a new review come in, we do the happiest dance you've ever seen. seen. 
We talk about it. You will have a moment where yeah, you, you are the center conversation yes. between Amy and I. You make our days. We make our weeks. Yes. Mm-hmm. So fantastic. Yep. So you can do that. Yes. You yeah. can make that happen. Um, and the other thing that you can do, which is we've had listeners do, yeah, and it's so fun. Yeah. You have a great theme idea. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, I, I like your lady boss thing, but here's one more. Ooh. I'd love to see what our listeners suggest. On Give that. it to us. Yeah. Yes. Do it. Oh, God. I can't wait to hear what you have to say after this one. You, yeah. There even like we, Yeah. Even like we said in the past, if it's just a, a particular genre mm-hmm. or a challenge, yeah. oh, we will take that on. Yeah. We will make it work. So you can get that to us through our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, even our email. We are here waiting for you. But in the meantime, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... Talk to me. I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.